Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of If Memory Serves here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. It's episode 27. We're talking Transformers. I'm Taylor, and with me as he is every month when we change into cars and vehicles and uh, <laughs> boomboxes. Uh, he is the star screamed my bumblebee. It's my brother Seb. Seb, what's happening? It's it's uh things are going pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. This is actually gonna be, I think, our first ever February show that isn't a Valentine's Day episode with us talking about our, our childhood crushes. So That's it's true. Kind of changing it up a little bit, keeping it fresh. Yeah. Uh, so Guys, speak, speaking of fresh, we have new theme music. Oh yeah. Yeah, check that out. We'll um we'll also have new transition music mm. uh from this point forward. Um uh John, our benefactor and 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 head of the Night of the Living Geeks network, um subscribed to a um royalty-free music site and oh, was cool. like, "Here, pick whatever you want for your show." So we've got new music on Podcastica, we've got new music here. Figured what the heck, let's take advantage of this. Totally. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Oh, cool. So what have you been up to? Well, uh, just, you know, kind of uh, paying down my credit card bill after the holidays. Uh, uh, I hear you there. <laughs> uh, just work's keeping me really busy. Um, got my W-2 in the mail. Going to do some taxes. Just uh, printed mine today. There you go. There you go. Um, so there might, I, th- I heard there might be some sort of football thing happening maybe this weekend. Oh, I don't know. the sports ball thing. Yeah. Sports ball. Sports ball. Um, I, I kind of more like it for the commercials, really, to be honest with you. The Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully there will be some funny ones this year. I'm not sure. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much we will watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Normally, like the past few years, we've had friends over and we've made food. And I, I, this year, we're kind of over it. Um, okay. I, I cool. will probably spend most of the day either uh, doing chores because I've got to okay. take the kids to a birthday party tomorrow. Or mm. working on the engine of the bus, which is sitting on a... Uh, cart inside the garage right now yeah i've seen some of the pictures on facebook how's that coming along uh it's coming along it was one of those things where i was um starting to get everything back together and um so i've I've upgraded from a generator to an alternator which provides more consistent current and um, a greater amount of current um it's just it's a better way (laughs) of doing things okay um and in the process went oh that's right i've got to flip this one little piece on my carburetor over so it doesn't hit the um the housing of the alternator because it's bigger okay um and as i'm sitting there i was like well if i've got to take this part and flip it i'm like while i've got it off i probably should just rebuild the whole thing (laughs) of course all new gaskets and stuff like that because i don't know when it was done if it's ever Mm. been done Right. Um, so it gives me a chance to degrime everything because mm-hmm. God help me, uh, is that whole engine grimy? Uh-oh. Um, but it gives me a chance to just inspect everything, make sure everything's in good working order. Um, and then Kobe went and said, well, you know, since you've got the engine out, it's a lot easier to get to your axle boots. And I was like, crap, you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought I might have it back in before I go off to Gallifrey one in a couple weeks. Yeah. Nah, I think at this point I'll feel lucky if I have it back in by the end of the month. Man, you've had a busy January. It sounds I've like. had a very busy January wow. and, I, and I love it. I honestly, I, as frustrating as it can be, 
mm. uh, working on an engine and car parts. Um, it, it's really satisfying yeah. to do this myself. That's awesome. um, I'm, I'm, I know a lot and I'm learning even more. So I've got no complaints there. Yeah, um, totally. But it is, it's all my spare time on the weekends, the occasional like go and work for an hour in the evening after the kids have gone to bed kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. While the kids were watching, you know, our typical Friday night movie night tonight, mm -hmm. I was sitting there disassembling the carburetor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the, in the, on the dining room table, you know, on a, on a tray. Yeah. Um, you know, just that kind of stuff. So it's, cool. it's been a good month. Doctor Who is back and it's amazing. And I'm nice. all excited for the Doctor Who convention I'm going to in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, 2020 is off to a really busy start. That's awesome. Now, so if some of our listeners wanted to listen to your uh, Doctor Who podcast, how would they find that? Well, now that I got some water in me, um, go and search the podcastica. Okay. Um, it's right here on the notlg.com uh, uh, on the network. Um, you can actually find it on Spotify. Um, you can find it on any of your uh, podcasting apps, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Google Play, iTunes, um, Stitcher, any of that stuff. In fact, we just figured out um, just a couple days ago mm. um, that there's a really easy way now to get your feed into spotify because i had noticed that the last episode of podcastica that was on there was about 40 episodes ago mm. um and john was like whoa that's 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 not right that's weird mm. and so he did some research so oh wait there's this totally simple thing so if you go to pod, if you go to if you are a spotify listener i should say mm. um you can go and you can search podcastica and find us there's also a podcast network called podcastica strangely enough um, oh so look for the two cartoon dudes hanging out of a TARDIS. Okay. Be us. That's why yep. I always say the podcastica. Um, gotcha. If memory serves, all of our episodes are on there and you can listen to them on Spotify. Oh, cool. um, so it's the whole catalog is there. Okay. All 26, soon to be 27 of our episodes and all 172 uh, episodes of podcastica Jeez. are up there. So um, yeah, check it out. Uh, that's the easy way to find it and to find us and yeah very cool very yeah cool. okay well I'll tell you what we got a little bit of stuff to talk about previously yeah uh, so in our last episode as we're recording live watching back to the beach mm -hmm. i made a huge error in identifying one of the characters in the film right we were both very interested in zed's enforcer right hand man uh giant punk baby guy i don't know what to call him totally now i very incorrectly identified him as mountain well in your defense it i mean he was a larger gentleman i mean you right. could see how a name mountain would have gone fine Thank with that you. character Thank right, you. Right. Yes. And obviously the pictures on IMDb, he's older. And I was like, oh, okay. So he's aged a bit. Makes right. sense, right? Back right. at the beach right. is 32 years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, almost 33. And um, no, it turns out that the guy who um, like runs the, like the surf report, mm. right? His name mm. is Mountain. In fact, if you listen closely, mm. when he picks up the phone, he goes, Mountain Surf Report. Uh, and I'm okay. like, how did, it, how did we miss that yeah like that yeah. was so obvious 
Um, so everything that I said about the one guy, the other guy actually did. Um, wow. yeah. Now, unfortunately, and I, and I, I did, um, a bit of research trying to figure it out because a lot of the people who played Zed's crew, um, even if they are credited mm-hmm. on imdb.com, they don't have a picture. Right. Um, okay. and, and it's a lot of people who worked as like stunt coordinators or stuff in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tweeted at one guy who I really kind of looks uh, like it could be the right guy. Like punk, punk baby guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, even was actually the uh, stunt double for Sloth in the Goonies. Holy <laughs> cow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, didn't get a tweet back. Oh, no so, way. No, didn't get a tweet back. I, I went uh, so far as to email the director. Oh, my God. And said, hey, look, <laughs> we were doing this. I misidentified the person. I feel very strongly about wanting to correct this information. Yeah, well, of on course. On the podcast. Sure. Um, could you help me identify who this person is and didn't get anything back? Uh, well, you know what? Um, maybe someday punk baby guy slash, uh, sloth, uh, stunt double will get in touch with us. Maybe we can interview him for the show. Maybe. Uh, you never know. Um, Stranger things have happened. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because if it, if it is that guy, he, he actually just lives out here in the central Valley. Oh, no way. Yeah. It has like a big old, like, uh, like a horse rescue ranch or something like that. I <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's better and better. Oh yeah. my God. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. Yeah. Well, now you've so, got something else too, right? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, and actually, I felt a little bad that I didn't kind of dig this gem up before we recorded last month's episode. But, um, you know, uh, every once in a while, I try to check the internet for weird movie props that are being sold or put up for public auction. And uh, I couldn't find anything for Back to the Beach. So I finally uh, had a light bulb went off in my head and I decided to Google the phrases Back to the Beach and Screen Used. And I discovered that back in 2012, Pee Wee Herman's custom one-off Tim Fair's surfboard from Back to the Beach uh, actually sold publicly. Um, there was an auction catalog online. And uh, how much do you think it sold for, Taylor? I, I put a couple uh, op- uh, guesses in our show notes, one you, of which is correct. You did. Um, yeah. <clears throat> now, this is this is the one that we see him on with the handlebars. Yes. Uh, a very, very important part of the film. <laughs> Yes, the yeah. point where the movie goes off the rails. Literally, yeah. Um, I, you have here are the choices, folks: eight hundred, twelve hundred, eighteen hundred, or twenty six hundred dollars. I'm going to say eighteen hundred dollars. Bing, 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 bing. You are correct, hey. sir. Wow. I love it when I get a bing, bing, bing. That would have been amazing if that could have been hanging on our wall. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, dude! And when you shared that, I thought I thought it was an active listing. Oh, I thought been... it was actually yeah. available like right now. I was, I was right. about to be like, oh, my God, dude. Right now. <laughs> I think yeah. we need this. Yeah. Have a little bake sale or something. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. Oh, man. That is really neat. And that is I'm just I'm impressed that it simply survived filming and was still oh. around. It, it makes me wonder, like, where's it been all this time? Has it been in like Paul Rubin's co- like home or is it you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, what's the provenance here? You know, tough to tell. Yeah. Tough yeah. to tell. Well, I tell you what, I hear the teletype in the background. I think it's time to take a look at what's going on in the news. Mm. Um, so this year's uh, CES event down in Las Vegas, this is the Consumer Electronics Show, mm. um, features the Super Retro Champ held-hold, handheld game console. I'm sorry, it's a Friday night. I can't talk straight. <laughs> I swear that's water in my water bottle here. 
Now, last year, this time, we talked about the RetroChamp handheld game console, which would play um, is a handheld system. Mm. You could actually put original NES cartridges in. Okay. And if I remember right, I think on the other, on the flip side, you could actually put in like the Japanese Famicom mm-hmm. cartridges. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the same company has now come up with the Super RetroChamp, which will play Super NES cartridges oh, wow. uh, in one end, right? So okay. if you got your original copy of Pilot Wings hanging around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the flip side, Sega Genesis cartridges. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that is um, that is something they are planning to bring to market. And I want to say that the uh, price tag is going to be in just a little over $100, about 110 bucks. That's not that bad. I don't think that's bad at all, especially yeah. if you've already got those cartridges. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if yeah. you are somebody who is a collector of vintage games, mm-hmm. um, but you want to be able to take them with you, mm-hmm. whether you're traveling or just what, this is a great way to do that. Plus, you've got both game systems mm-hmm. in one. Right, right. Now, I know that all the old family uh, NES stuff is, is with you guys in Livermore. Correct. Is that, is that go with the Super Nintendo stuff? Did no, we... Super oh. Nintendo stuff is all gone. It's all gone. Oh. Um, oh. And in fact, the NES is actually one that I got for my 30th birthday. And then yeah. I bought up a bunch of games Mm, that that rings a loud bell yeah Um, Yeah. so the only the only game systems from our childhood that are still original from our childhood is pong the atari 2600 and its associated games and uh, honestly my original game boy i gotcha i gotcha um, which i've I've put in a brand new case with brand new buttons and everything but Mm. it's the original hardware the guts yeah yeah exactly um speaking interestingly enough of uh the game boy the there is the retron junior i don't know how else to pronounce it no no yeah it's the, the last letter is capitalized it's retro and right. the retro n junior right. i don't know um will let you play various game boy games on the big screen <laughs> whoa i know so if you have your tiny version of say elevator action yeah, I was just going to say elevator action. Yep. Elevator action, uh, which is one of my favorites. Right. Uh, in that that original Game Boy kind of grayscale mm. or green scale slightly, uh, mm. this little cube will actually let you play your teeny tiny Game Boy games on your big old TV. I don't know how I feel about this, but I'd love to see it. <laughs> I, I would honestly, I would love to see it in action. Yeah. Um, because quite honestly, the, the Game Boy screens are very square and modern TVs are very rectangular. A uh, good point. Um, so it's, it's tough to tell, but it, I mean, it, it puts these games out in a, in a pretty solid 720p, uh, resolution. Huh. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a neat idea. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. if I had more, uh, Game Boy games, I, I think I've only got about three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't quite make it worth it for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, if it's one of those things where I suddenly like had a bunch, it might be like, okay, that, that could just be a fun little thing. It's not a very large uh, console. It literally is a little cube. Okay. 
Um, we don't know when it's dropping in 2020. We don't know a price just yet. But if you do have a lot of Game Boy games, and that also means Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color, okay. uh, if you've got those, um, you might look for this. This could be this could be a neat little uh, addition to your home entertainment system. Very cool. Very cool. Yep. Uh, and lastly, this month it is with very heavy hearts and uh, tons of sadness. Um, that legendary Monty Python star Terry Jones has passed the age of 77. Yeah, totally sad to hear that news this week. Uh, do you have any like Terry Jones memories for you or anything like that? I mean, oh my gosh. Well, like all of Monty Python, all of the Holy Grail. I mean, pick anything. We watched so much of both growing up. I really got into his, he almost kind of had like a second act later in life when he started doing a lot of like, um, writing and television shows on like um medieval european history oh yeah he was like a total expert in that kind of stuff wasn't yeah he? i, I kind of got into that a lot actually yeah it was pretty good um it's interesting how a lot of the pythons like like michael palin kind of became like a travel mm-hmm. host guy almost you know they yeah. always kind of like a second act so to speak but um yeah definitely that's uh so i guess what graham chapman and terry jones are though pretty much the dead ones now i guess uh yes yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I would make a parrot joke, but I almost feel like it would be in slightly poor taste. <laughs> right. We'll save that for when uh, John Cleese passes. <laughs> yes, that would that would be exactly right. Right, that right. That would be exactly right. Well, uh, Terry, uh, Godspeed. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Long, long may your legacy live on because we have got the entire thing of Monty Python's shows on DVD. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of shows, it's time for the big show, folks. Yep. Yeah, it, is, about tonight. it is time to change into cars and drive off into excitement because we're talking Transformers. Transformers more than meets the eye. Here we go. So much more. Wow. Um, and I got to say, Seb, the the detail that you have uh, in your half of the show notes, I was looking at them today, and I am just bowled over. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of went off the deep end. I, I mean, I, 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 ladies and gentlemen, uh, please don't worry. I, I intend not to make this one of the our famous three hour long episodes or anything like that. But um, you know, there were just there's just so many things to say. You know, it's like where do you start? Where do you stop? You know, um, it's very I, true. Well, I mean, Transformers. I think along obviously with G.I. Joe was a huge part of our childhood. Yeah. Um, and we really got into them and, and even some of the ancillary stuff. I mean, like I remember we had GoBots as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause it's interesting. You mentioned that we have previously done an episode on G.I. Joe. Um, you know, Transformers, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the history in Japan in tonight's episode. But, you know, here in the States, it was pretty much a Hasbro toy, toy line. Um, G.I. Joe, I think, was Hasbro as well, maybe? Um, e, not... I think so, yeah. And definitely, I, I think the Transformer and G.I. Joe cartoons, if not made by the same folks, definitely had a lot of the same voice actors. I know both cartoon books or comic book series were, were Marvel, Marvel comics, mm. you know. So there's a lot of like kind of crossover there. One of the things I found really interesting was I had so many more vivid childhood memories of G.I. Joe than I did of Transformers. Yeah, strangely, Uh, I do too. Yeah, I mean, I can remember a lot of the G.I. Joe comics. I have no memories of the Transformers comics, but I probably did have some. 
the cartoons. I watched a couple episodes this past month. Oh, uh, did you? Nice. Yeah, and and I remembered a lot of it, but a lot of the episode summaries I'd read online. Not only did I not have any memory of them, but I was just bowled over by how batshit crazy they were all. <laughs> um, and and I think that's really interesting. I mean, you you were talking earlier this month about um, a, a Netflix television show mm-hmm. called The Toys That Made Us, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I watched the Transformers episode yeah. of that, and it was um, it was very fascinating. Mm, mm. Totally recommended. If you've got Netflix, go check this out. Uh-huh. Um, if you don't know the the story behind how the Transformers came from Japan to America, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was. There was a couple of things that really jumped out for me. One was how a lot of the Transformers in Japan, the kind of good guy bad guy roles that we grew up with here in America, were reversed over there. So I think I think if I remember correctly, like the Japanese version of Optimus Prime was sort of a bad guy. Yeah. Um, which blew my mind. But I guess even to a greater extent, the fact that so many of what we bought and loved as Transformers started out life in Japan is pretty much either semi-related or unrelated toy lines mm-hmm. really kind of like struck my imagination when preparing for tonight's episode. Because if you think about it, you know, the the folks here in America that had to come up with kind of like all the backstories for the toys and the, the cartoon show and whatnot... I mean, they're they're trying to weave together toys that not only didn't start out life together, but aren't even in the same scale, physical yeah. scale. And they're trying to kind of like weave this all together into one unified universe. And it's amazing because it's like when I think about it, that's what I and probably millions of other American children did growing up in the 80s when they wanted to maybe play with G.I. Joe toys at the same time, but they're playing with maybe Star Wars toys, you know, toys that really have no business living together. But, you know, you're trying to figure out in like a backstory why Destro would be hanging out with like Darth Vader. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and, you know, helmet polish. Well, helmet, yeah, exactly. They could talk about polishing helmets and yeah. things like that. Um, and I just I just really kind of got excited about that. That I, did, I just thought that was really kind of neat, actually. Um, uh, which is, of course, I mean, if you watch the, the cartoon today, it's like you're going to see like, you know, Megatron being, you know, 30 feet tall and then he transforms into a gun small enough that Starscream can hold in his hand. I mean, yeah, it's- that was one thing I never understand was was their matter compression yes. ratios like as a kid, I just rolled with it. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. Just like, well, of course. Yeah, it's not like I was going to like change the channel or anything. And 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 if anything, one of the things mom said um, about the cartoon show was that apparently you and I loved it so much that whenever it was on TV, mom was knew she knew she was guaranteed 30 minutes of of non children time that she could use to get a chore done or something like that. <laughs> to the screen, which is I, I just love that memory. It's neat to hear that. Um, I mean, do, do you, how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk about some of the characters, the Transformers that you really enjoyed or identified with? Uh, sure, sure, sure. Um, I, I mean, man, we, we got into it early. I mean, I remember having a lot of those first generation toys. Uh-huh. Um, I think Sideswipe was my first. He was the red Lamborghini Countach. Yep, remember that guy. Um, yep. And I hung on to him for many, many years. I don't think I have him anymore. Oh, really? I look, I I could have spent part of the month tearing apart my closet and getting, you know, deep into some old boxes. 
Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm sorry. I had an engine to work on. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) You had a life-size vehicle to work on. Yeah. I had a a life-size vehicle that I'm trying to transform into a better running uh, life-size vehicle. I don't think they ever had a VW bus. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Transformer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because like like, uh, Ratchet and stuff, they were, I think, based off like the Toyota van of the Mm -hmm. time, that kind of angular Mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. in fact you you've got some ratchet memories right very much so ratchet was uh in terms of the toys uh the generation one toys that was the one i probably remember the most um it was probably the one i had the first which is probably in part why i remember the mo- most um of course ratchet was a basically just a little white ambulance mm-hmm. for a better term um the interesting thing about ratchet is I have really strong memories of taking him on vacation to like the beach over at maybe like Santa Cruz or Capitola. Okay. Um, I have strong memories of maybe sand getting stuck in his little like transforming joints. Oh. One that, which is not good. And it's interesting because when I look at photos online today of that self same toy in the robot version, mm-hmm. little van version, I look at it and my jaw drops and I have almost no memory of that one toy beloved childhood toy being in that configuration. So I don't know if it was like I had mangled it so much at the beach, it was impossible to transform that way. Or maybe I would just didn't have like the intellectual capacity to like successfully transform it into what it was supposed to look like. I must have always just kept it as the little ambulance. Really? But I really, I really, um, I, it's really interesting because I, I also have a really strong memory of, walking around with him at the Safeway at Stevens Creek in Winchester for some yeah. Okay, okay. It's like, I don't know if they sold him there or, like, I was just walking around the store with it. Uh, it was pro- I know I don't think they ever sold him at Safeway, so I can imagine it was probably one of those things where it's like, Mom, I want to bring this toy with me. Right, right. And the thing that I, like, now that I look back at it, like, with, like, the, you know, the wisdom of old age... Mm-hmm. It's it's so funny how you know Ratchet. It's this Transformer character, and he's he's emblazoned with the Red Cross logo, right? right. Like cross on the white background. Mm-hmm. Also filled with filled with like missiles and laser guns. It's like how did how did, how was this not like a huge thing at the time where like the Red Cross people were like flipping out? You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like it's like some sort of total like violation of the Geneva Convention. And yeah. it, that, it's crazy because I I look at these Transformer websites now, and apparently like uh, Ratchet's little red cross logo these days kind of has been replaced with a, a generic electrocardiogram graphic or something like that. Oh, interesting. I don't know if it's like a copyright thing or whatever, but it's a kind of an interesting little deal with that. Huh? Yeah. I know that. Um, well, I think, I think, I think it's safe to say transformers, not safe for beach play. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I think my favorite one and one that I know that I still have is Bumblebee. So you still have your your childhood. It's not like a replacement or something. No, it it is still a childhood, but it's it's the second gen one oh. where they had the little like heat sensitive color change. Oh yeah, stickers yeah, yeah. The, on um, the roof of the hood or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um. So it's it, the original, and I can remember this really vividly. The original first gen Bumblebee had rubber tires. Okay. Okay. Um, the second gen one, the one that I still have, um, those tires are now hard plastic. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and slightly knobby off-roady 
kind of tires. I don't know if that's just what was available or what, but um, it was a marked change. In fact, I, I, I would love to find, you know, a first gen one again, because I just, mm-hmm. I think the rubber tires are just better for whatever reason. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The little sticker, I think it's called a rub sign. It's a little heat sensitive deal. You know, mm-hmm. that would feel if it was an, a good guy, the Autobot or the bad guy, the Decepticon. Did you, did you really like Bumblebee because he was a Volkswagen Beetle? Was yeah. that you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's basically what it was. I mean, as a kid, I was, even as a kid, I was fanatic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was like, oh my god, they've got one that's a bug. I gotta have it. That's my favorite. It's the coolest. It's it's interesting because um, Bumblebee was is is if my research is correct, I'm not a I'm, I'll, folks. I'm not a Transformer expert by any means, shape, or form. But I believe uh, Bumblebee belonged to kind of like a subset, at least in terms of the toys, called mini vehicles, which were based off of a Japanese toy line by Takara called the Microman Microchange. Um, what, what's really interesting, I, I, there were a couple of those that I had really strong memories of as well, mm-hmm. called Gears. He was just kind of a generic four-wheel drive pickup. Okay. And the other one was Sea Spray, and he was a blue, white, and yellow two-rotor cargo hovercraft. And mm. they, they were basically like Transformers, but they were really, really small. They were smaller than your Optimus Prime or your Side Sweep or whatever, or your Jazz. Oh, and, Jazz. Jazz, Yeah. And um, the interesting thing I thought was in Japan, those particular toys, it was supposed to be robots that were transforming not into vehicles, but into children's toys. So it would be like the toy of a, a Volkswagen Beetle or the toy of a little hovercraft. Oh, so interesting. That's why Bumblebee like kind of maybe didn't have as much like, I guess, detail as, you know, um, one of the larger Transformers, I guess. Mm hmm. Which is kind of interesting. Um, uh, Gears, uh, he apparently, according to some of the websites online, Gears, quote, hates Earth. He grumbles and complains about being shipwrecked on it and gets depressed from time to time. Um, he was voiced in the cartoon by Don Messick, who I learned was actually also the original voice of both Scooby-Doo and Bam Bam. Oh, okay. I recognize that name. Yeah. And then Sea Spray. Um, it's really interesting because there was one episode, apparently, of the cartoon where he actually magically became human, kind of like how Pinocchio always wanted to be a real boy. Oh, really? And he was voiced by uh, voice actor Alan Oppenheimer, who not only was the voice of Skeletor in... Oh, okay. But I've read, and I haven't been able to confirm this, but I've also read online, it's claimed that he's a cousin of um, Robert Oppenheimer. Wait, uh, yeah, Robert Robert Oppenheimer, the physicist who invented the atomic bomb. Oh, shut up. Which is just when you think about it. I mean, it, I don't know, folks. I mean, you know, we hate fake news here at the If Memory Serves podcast, but I just love this tidbit. I just hope so much that it's true. You know, I that, just think- that would be crazy to connect the voice of Skeletor with the father of the atom bomb. Totally. And well, I mean, right? I mean, <laughs> I just hope it's real. I, well, I can I can almost do you one better. Oh, here we go. Okay. Because because Soundwave, right? Right. I loved Soundwave. I know you had Soundwave. Was it mine? I'm pretty sure it was yours. Okay. All right. And and just the simple fact that you've got a transformer that can open up and out comes a cassette that is another transformer. And if the transformer oh. transformer, yeah, like, that was just the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, but and it was s- like a little vault, like a bird or something. Yeah. Right? A, there was a bird. There was yeah. like a like a like a panther. 
Okay. Um, and th- there was another one, and I, I can't think of it for the life of me right now. Um, and I don't want to risk our new recording setup by trying to open another window <laughs> and risk crashing anything because I'm, yeah, we're trying out a new way of recording it, which hopefully will make us both sound a lot better. Mm. Um, but the the voice actor who did Soundwave also, not surprisingly, did Dr. Claw. Oh, there you go. Full circle. It's It's amazing how so many of these actors can be unknown to us, but at the same time, incredibly familiar in terms of their body of work, you know? Yep. And that is honestly, as, as a father, I feel like my superpower has become recognizing (laughs) voice actors, voice talent between cartoons that my kids watch and going, Hey, wait a second. (laughs) Isn't that this? And then sitting there on my phone and bringing up IMDB and going, Oh, yep. Totally is. (laughs) Hey guys, that was also the voice of this other show. And the kids are like, Great dad, that's cool. We don't really care. Big dad. <laughs> although, although while while we are on the voice talent, yeah, uh, theme, uh, I think it's probably I, I don't know. May, maybe not everybody thinks about this, but it seems kind of obvious to me that the voice actor who did Starscream also did Cobra Commander. That's right, Cobra Commander. Yeah, that's a huge one. I mean, I know, I know. There's one episode of of Transformers. I think it's maybe season three, a later season when they actually have a character who's essentially Cobra Commander. It's like Cobra Commander having a cameo on another cartoon show. They call him, but they, for some reason they don't call him Cobra Commander. They call him old snake or something. Okay. It's so really obvious without being yeah. obvious. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But that's nice. a, yeah, that's a Starscream. Yeah. What a, I mean, Starscream. Jeez. I mean, so great. Decepticon kind of a second banana turned into a jet plane. Um, I did watch, um, there was like a three episode pilot for the cartoon show that I, I rewatched. Okay. Um, getting ready for this, you know, with all the backstory about how they left their home planet of Cybertron and, you know, kind of crash landed on earth and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yes. Okay. It, a lot of the memories came rushing back. I had a I had really strong memories of that first one. Um, some of the, uh, some of the Decepticons I really liked. Um, better than than the the Autobots. There was there was a guy named Shockwave who was basically a pur- giant purple laser gun, or he could yes. transform into a giant handheld purple laser gun. Right, and I'm I'm pretty sure you had. Oh, I totally had Shockwave. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I, good, good, because that's I, what I remember. Yeah, definitely remember having Shockwave. Um, it's interesting. Apparently, he was also sold in the U.S. Um, as a Radio Shack exclusive called Galactic Man, totally unrelated to Transformers, apparently. Galactic Man. He was sold in Japan as Astro Magnum, but apparently, okay. apparently Hasbro had to retool the trigger because it was located in Astro Magnum's crotch. Yes. It was in robot form. It kind of didn't look uh, necessarily yes. appropriate for little kids. Oh my god, that's magnificent. Um, uh, according to the interweb, uh, logic rules Shockwave's thought processes, and he sees emotion as a weakness and a distraction, so that's good to know. Okay, so he's basically a Cyberman. Basically. And he, uh, this this last bit blew me away. Shockwave was actually used as a prop slash set dressing in some of the background scenes in the 1986 James Cameron film Aliens. What? I know. That is just bizarre but That's how hilarious yeah so he's he was a pretty good one i have really strong memories of him yeah yeah uh, when i when i saw a picture i was like oh yeah i remember this one totally. we totally had this one i mean it's 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 so tricky because there's so many 
toys that I remember from our childhood that I, for lack of a, you know, as a little kid, I, I kind of called them all Transformers as a generic label, but mm-hmm. there was, I mean, there were GoBots, there were, um, I mean, there were even McDonald's had Happy Meal toys that were like the McRobots, the changeables where you'd have like a little like carton of French fries that would turn into like a little like generic robot. You know what I mean? Oh my God. That's um, hilarious. There was, uh, there was something called Chronoform, Chronoform, I, Chronoform. <laughs> so that, Chronoform, Chronoform, thank you, Chronoform, which were like Transformer digital wristwatches. Oh, yeah, I remember those. I saw those online and I was like, I couldn't tell if either we had them or maybe oh. I saw them in like, like the Sears Christmas wish books. But either way, I totally remembered these because it was like, how much, how cool would it be to have a wristwatch that turns into a little robot? You know, you know I almost think that we did. Do you think we had some of those? I, I think we did. See, that doesn't surprise me because I look at our childhood photo albums and like every other photo, not only are we all wearing wristwatches, but each one is, a, each photo is a different wristwatch. So we must have each had 30 different wristwatches. You Something know? like that. Yeah. I mean, Dukes Hazard, Pac-Man, Transformers, Shark Watch, Swatch. You had that fossil sundial one. <laughs> right. Which is, oh my God. You know? Um, yeah. Wow. It's amazing how much watches were part of our lives. Apparently you found that there was even a transformer that was a UFO. Oh yeah. Cause I was looking one day at the site you were using to kind of refresh your memory, transformerland.com. Mm. Um, and there was one called Cosmos. Okay. So according to this Transformers wiki, every so... Oh, no, you put it... You, sorry, you put this in here. No, you, um, you can read it. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. So according to the Transformers wiki, every so often, Cosmos breaks the monotony by hovering eerily above the backyards of Earth citizens, drifting silently behind the cars of lone drivers with his running lights on or briefly jamming TV transmissions with reruns of The Outer Limits. Naturally, this causes some consternation to the boar humans he's supposed to defend, but it's all in good fun. <laughs> How great I, is that? That is, I mean, that's really hilarious. I love it. I don't, I don't ever remember seeing this toy. Oh no, I don't. I yeah, I have like, no yeah anywhere. No. I, I, I would love one. Oh yeah, How I would love to find one because it is yeah. really neat. Yeah, um, but yeah, just. And it's interesting because one of the things that, you know, they describe in the Toys That Made Us episode is that um, the people who were licensing the Transformers from the Japanese and bringing them over to the States basically went to Marvel and said, okay, you've got a weekend. Give us names for all of these and backstories in a weekend. No pressure. (laughs) Right? Yeah, totally. Uh, And, and. And they did, which was the amazing thing. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and it and it generated all of this. I loved how they, that that episode made it sound like you know if you were at working at Marvel on comics, but you were tasked with making the comics for like a toy line, that was almost like 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 kind of like really lowbrow work. You know, it was yeah. some hand off to like the new guy or something like right. that. Right, that's pretty. Right. You know, it's like oh here's. Here, here, here's Jimmy. He, he, he did a really crap job with whatever this is. Uh, so let's, let's give him the toy line one. Now, if, if we look at the cartoon for a moment, some yeah. of the things that really stuck out in my memory, um, for one thing, op, I mean, obviously Optimus Prime, you know, voiced by what, Peter Cullen, I think. Mm-hmm. 
the leader of the Autobots, beloved by children across America, the all-American alien robot hero. Um, you know, Mack truck with a big long trailer. Yep. Um, I, I think you'll agree with me that every time it seemed in the cartoon when he transformed either from one form to the other, his truck trailer would magically either go off screen or just show up off from off 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 um, off stage. You know, yes. basically. Yep. Yep. And and. Just as a little kid, I just always wondered, it's like, where was that thing this whole time that he's like running around doing something or saving the world, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, That is much like the Decepticon, like matter compression Mm -hmm. uh, conundrum, let's call it. Um, The what happens to Optimus Prime's trailer uh, issue is, yeah, it's one of those things that in, in Doctor Who, we like to call that hand wavium. Okay. And wave him. I like and that. And wave him. You just kind of wave your hand. And you're like, eh, it's over here. Right, right. You know, God forbid, God forbid, you know, the Transformers get hyper accurate and they're rushing into battle and Optimus Prime has to park, mm-hmm. disconnect the airlines, uh, disconnect the hook, lower the little feet that are in the front of the trailer. Okay. Um, and then, and then safely, you know, pull away from the pin. Okay. Uh, and, and by that point, the battle's over. Mm hmm. Totally. I mean, it's <laughs> going on here, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, I was really struck by um, when I rewatched some of the episodes, um, there was something I totally forgot about. I think they're called Energon Cubes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Energon Cubes. It was like their food. It was like their energy source. And there were these glowing cubes or yep. rectangles and they would yep. like put them in their chest or something like that. Right. Yep. Totally like batch, but just amazing, you know. I just loved it. <laughs> it was so good. Um, I was really pleased to see that uh, they had the public service announcements at the end of each cartoon episode, just like GI Joe did. Yeah. Uh, I, they even used the phrase "Knowing's half the battle," which really surprised me. You oh know? wait, did they really? Yeah, yeah. Or at least in some of them that I saw. Oh no, kidding. That was pretty cool. Um, oh, that throws me. It's like they uh, literally copied them from GI Joe. Totally. And then, of course, I mean, how can we not mention the epic 1986 feature film? Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into this. Okay. August 8th, 1986. A day that will live in infamy in a couple of different ways. Right, right, right. Uh, For one thing, um, Mom took you and I down in the station wagon, I guess, to get at a heater on probably... Oh, God. Um, Would it have been the Meridian Quad down off of uh, Stevens Creek near Kylie? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was something far down there. It wasn't like the Century Domes or anything. I, like. I don't know, because I, I remember... I Well, okay. I, I remember where we were when you threw up. Yeah, I mean, I know we've... <laughs> so theoretically, we could have been going to the Centuries. It was a big enough movie to be at the Centuries. I mean, dedicated fans to the If Memory Served podcast will recognize that a, a frequent theme in their episodes are different childhood incidents that cause Seb to, to vomit, uh, including going to see the 1986 uh, Transformers movie for some reason. I'm not sure why, but um, usually most of my vomiting was nerves, I think. So I'm not yeah, sure same. about seeing this. Maybe just I was excited. It could know. have been. You could have just, uh, you know, eaten a little bit too much at lunchtime and was really excited. I mean, where do we even begin? I mean, we have we have Orson Welles in his last ever film role voicing Omnicron, a giant yeah. planet-sized Transformers that eats other planets and Transformers. Um, I mean, it, 
I mean, obviously from watching that Netflix show, I mean, it was kind of the idea behind the movie in part, I think was to kill off a lot of the transformers to make room for new characters that were going to be based on the new toys so they could increase, you know, toy sales. Right. Yeah. Which is just a crazy idea, but it's so brilliant too, because that movie, like, Major characters were killed off in that thing. Starscream, Optimus Prime. I mean, no spoiler alerts, folks. I mean, sorry <laughs> about that, but it's, you know, it's been <laughs> years or whatever. Um, but, uh, I mean, there's one scene when, like, they actually say the word shit in the yeah. movie, which is like, I mean, as a kid, that's like, I'm being blown away. I'm thinking this is like, you know, Citizen Kane. It's like the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's so, I feel like such an adult here. It, it really is one of those things. And this is something, like, I have not rewatched the film, but... Oh. Okay. But the parts of it that they show in the toys that made us. Mm-hmm. Um, Did it ring some bells? Oh my God. I mean it and remembering that like these major deaths happen in like the first like 20 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes of the film. Totally. Um, yeah. I forgot how much that shook me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You right. Know, I don't, I don't think any, I don't think any kid went into this movie expecting this mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. a storyline. No, oh, not at all. We, we we're expecting this is just going to be a much bigger, grander version of the cartoon we watch. Exactly. You know, our our, our transformer heroes don't die. Nope. Nope. In it, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was really just kind of raw and vicious in a lot of ways. And I think I think your your reaction was was pretty universal i mean i, I mean if for one thing i think maybe in the movie i think straddled season two and season three of the tv cartoon show um from what i've read and i think in season three starscream did come back as a ghost which by the way you know talking about batch i mean probably complaining about being a ghost whining or, about it or a robot having a ghost i mean that's just well what... yeah there's that too but um i think i've read online that there was even like a children's letter writing campaign to like bring back Optimus Prime. And I think he did come back later on in the show or something like that. Somehow they, he was resurrected, you know, in like season three or that, something. That rings a bell because I know that that Rodimus Prime, <laughs> which, which I get it. You're basing it off Hot Rod, but Rodimus, it sounds a little dirty. Well, I just think it just sounds so generic, you know? It is a little bit, honestly. Oh my God. Um, I mean, <sighs> Jeez. Uh, it, yeah. The soundtrack, the soundtrack. I mean, Dare to be Stupid by Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, yeah. I had completely forgotten about that. I mean, like, I know the song really well, but I forgot that that was part of the soundtrack. Yeah, that's played in this weird part, I think, when they meet these Transformers, one of whom is, like, voiced by Eric Idle, talking about, you know, uh, Monty Python. Uh, also, there's this one song called The Touch. Okay. And it's this it's this really rousing song that's played almost at the beginning of the movie when, you know, there's a huge battle going on and Optimus Prime shows up to really kind of take charge and kick butt. Mm-hmm. And there was this um, like 1996, 1997 film called Boogie Nights. Yeah. Are you familiar with Boogie Nights? Or? I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I've, I, I've only seen a small portion of it. All portion of it. All right. Um, it's a it's a critically acclaimed film. Burt Reynolds got an Oscar nomination for mm-hmm. it. Um, it's about the adult entertainment industry in, in Los Angeles in the 70s and 80s. And there's this really uh, touching scene where Mark Wahlberg, his character at this point is so addicted to cocaine that he can no longer maintain an erection and perform as an adult actor. So he's trying to reinvent himself as a as like a pop singer. 
And so at one point he's like trying to sing, like a, do a demo tape or something like that. Mm. The song that he's singing in like the booth is that song from the Transformers movie. Wow. And it's like, it's just so good. It's just, it's, uh, I can't tell you how good it is. It's amazing. That's crazy. But um, I mean, I don't know what else about this movie. I mean, it reminded me of how much I loved. I just loved the Dinobots. <laughs> Yay, the Dinobots! Yes, I'm just so. I mean, they were, I guess they were technically good guys. Um, of course, they're robots that are transforming not into cars or planes, but into dinosaurs, which I just think is hilarious. Because I mean, on one hand, you're thinking, okay, if a transformer transforms into a jet plane, it's you know partly camouflage, you know, so people don't notice that it's. No, it's just an airplane. It's not a dangerous big robot. No, we're going to have them transform into giant dinosaurs that are extinct. It's like, well, you're probably going to still stick out like a sore thumb, you know? And and not even flesh and blood dinosaurs, robot dinosaurs. Right, exactly. Big shiny metal dinosaurs. Yep, that's a good point. Now, that that also reminds me, I, I have very vivid memories of the toys of the Constructicons. Oh, yeah, the Constructicons. That we had. Yeah, the green guys. Yeah, because by the time, I think, the second gen toys rolled around it was like oh hey this worked for voltron and those lions let's have you know five different vehicles transform and then make a you know a, a mega mecha yeah character. Com- yeah combiners yeah what mm-hmm. is what is it with japan and robots that join up and become a bigger robot there's just there's something there because you see it over and over in things like transformers and things like voltron you know what i mean it's like there's something there's something almost in the psyche of the culture or something, but it's great because it's so cool. I have such a strong memory of the, you could buy Constructicons like in this one big box set where you get all five of them. I think that sounds familiar. And I can, I have such a crystal clear memory of seeing that on the shelves at Kitty World Toy Store. And like, I, I could literally in my mind walk to not only to the right aisle, but the exact part of that aisle where I, where you would pick up that box like Interesting. that it had such an impact on me you mm-hmm. know i mean i loved all that stuff all the packaging i especially loved on like the back of like the transformers packaging there were these things called stats cards okay sure like you know it'd have like a little um a little background history of the character mm-hmm. and it was like ridiculous um like little graph charts where it would be like you know how strong is the person? How fast is the person? And it almost looked like a little heart rhythm thing going up and down. Oh, you know? right, right, right. Yeah. And I don't know. It was just, I kind of had like a, you know, you know, whose job is it to like make these things? It's like, how can I get that job? That's just such a cool thing. You Go know? to work at Marvel. Guess- um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of like the, uh, the dossier cards for the G.I. Joe guys. Exactly. Yeah. One really quick thing about Constructicons, maybe about two years ago, a video started floating around the internet that got, you know, millions of views and thousands of comments. And mm-hmm. it's it's this weird video of apparently some toy company in China, mainland China, who had created um, Transformer toys. They're a little bigger than the Transformers we remember, but they almost look exactly like the real ones. But through the power of tiny, you know, gears and engines or i don't know how mechanical things work not only do they drive around but they can transform on a table without any wires or somebody touching it into a transformer figure and it can walk and talk and sometimes do like sound effects like it'll make that what was that like that noise that they would be transformed yes like there are 
thousands of like little comments on the YouTube videos of people just saying over and over again, where can I buy this? Take my money, please. I want one. And uh, it's amazing because like you really can't, they're not really for sale anywhere. Like as far as I can tell. And I once found a name of a company linked to this video called RoboSend. And okay. they had an office in Milpitas, the city of Milpitas. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. Which, of course, that's where our mother worked until relatively recently. Mm-hmm. And maybe about a year ago, I, 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 I badgered her so much that I gave, them, I gave her the address of the, the place. And I, I, I got her to promise that she would drive by that place on the way home from work to see, are they open? Can she buy me one of these toys? Can she dump, jump in the dumpster in the back and try to mm-hmm. fish one of these out and i was so excited because i knew i was going to be like the first kid on the block that had this thing so to speak (laughs) like she drove by it and it was like totally like abandoned like they hadn't been there in years or something yeah but just for like a couple days i was so excited it was like the most exciting thing i remember that oh my god oh totally you know a couple of really quickly a couple other things um I'm, I, I really can't talk about everything that I have on my show notes tonight. We'd be up all night. But um, there's this weird thing that I get sometimes when if I'll see a toy from my, our childhood, sometimes I'll recognize it. Sometimes I'll even recognize it and as being something that we owned at a time. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll see a toy that I love so much and that I have such a memory of that even if I see, I'll see it at like a toy show or something like that, or like an antique mall, like my instant gut reaction is that's my toy. Even mm-hmm. though it's not like physically the same toy I had as a kid, it's just, I had such a connection with it. I, I look at it and I'm like, that's my guy. That's yeah. my And there was one transformer, a Decepticon called Motormaster that Motormaster. I, I just loved. And he was a Decepticon. He was also part of, he was one of these combiner guys, like the uh, Constructicons who could join up into a giant robot. Okay. And the giant robot was called uh, Menasaur. And the group of these guys were called Stunticons. But anyway, Motormaster was the name oh, of the guy. this guy. This guy he, basically, all he was, he looked exactly like, when it when he was in his truck form, his vehicle form, he looked almost exactly like Optimus Prime. Yes. It's like totally cool, like black and purple and green color scheme. So he was like the evil Optimus Prime. Yes. And like, I just thought he was just so badass. He was just so cool. Years after I was not interested in Transformers at all, I still had this toy. And I I didn't really transform him into the robot form. I just kept him around as a truck because he just looked so cool. Mm -hmm. Apparently in the cartoon show, like the Decepticons actually stole um, the truck that would become Motormaster from a hard hat wearing a trucker named Possum Brown, which just, I can't get over how funny that sounds. Sure, why not? Um, just, I just loved this little guy. He had, um, he had one of those, uh, those little um, cards on the back. It says here, that uh, Motormaster, it says, no one on the road is colder and crueler, shows no mercy to Autobots who happen to be on the highway with him, seeks to destroy Optimus Prime so he can claim to be king of the road. Oh, God. Can survive a collision with anyone except Optimus Prime. Reaches a top speed of 140 miles per hour and can shatter a 20-foot thick concrete block. Uses a 400-mile-per-hour wind-producing cyclone gun. Oh, my gosh. It's like the coolest <laughs> guy ever. I've seen, I've seen him at, at a couple toy shows. And I'm like, I haven't picked one up, like a loose one, but I'm like, it's, it's inevitably going to happen. It's, wow. 
He's, I loved him so much, just so much. Oh my gosh. Um, now that there was there was one from the cartoon. Okay. That if I remember right, you kind of identify with a lot right now in your current job. I don't think there was ever a toy. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, apparently there was a season 3 episode of the Transformers cartoon show where um what's his bucket, the little human kid wanted to throw a birthday party for Bottomus Prime. And of course, you can't throw someone a birthday party without knowing their birth date. Or I guess in terms of a Transformer, like the build date, maybe? <laughs> Production date? Sure. Production date, thank you. And apparently, they had to uh, find his birth certificate, so to speak. And so they actually met up with a Transformer who was basically an archivist, which is like my profession, basically. Um, and he was called, well, I guess he's called in the, he didn't have a name in the cartoon, but in the script, he was called the Custodio Bot. Mm-hmm. He's like this crazy little dude, and he almost looks like an old guy with a beard, but he's a robot. And instead of legs or feet, he has some sort of weird, like, I don't know. It's like he's like like on wheels or something like that. And just, I love this guy, and there's basically nothing out there for him. There's no, you know, merchandise or toy. But somewhere, one of these days when I get that winning lottery ticket, I'm going to find all those people that make custom toys, and I'm going to have this huge laundry list of things that I want them to make. (laughs) Nope. That'll be one of them. Custodio bots basically at the top of the list at this point. Nice. Totally, totally. Nice. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, man, oh man. You know, one thing that I did notice in doing research for tonight's episode, mm-hmm. like Transformers were so big, it seemed like there was this bizarre little, really short lived, like subgenre of films, live action films of human characters who would transform into giant transforming robots that would fight drug dealing criminals and they had nothing to do with hasbro it had nothing to do with like official transformers but it just kind of blew me away there was there was this one film the 1998 film moonwalker starring michael jackson and there's one part of this film where he literally transforms into a giant transforming robot in order to fight a drug dealing joe pesci which is like it's like completely batch crazy, right? I mean, and I and you think, okay, that's kind of weird, but it gets even weirder. There's this other thing that kind of blew me away. Apparently, in like the late '80s, somebody built something called Robosaurus, and it's oh, I've heard of Robosaurus. Robosaurus. It's this forty foot tall, like basically like a dinosaur robot thing that you would see at maybe like monster truck shows or air shows. And he could breathe fire and pick up junkyard cars and like put them in his mouth and like eat them or rip them apart basically. Uh And he's sort of like also like a big wheel truck at the same time or something like he, anyway, um, apparently, you know, Robosaurus, he's had a huge history. Um, He uh, was once sold at auction on the Barrett Jackson televised classic car auctions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he once appeared on the TV show Pawn Stars on the History Channel. Um, he's going to be appearing in Salinas this June at the end of Salinas Air Show. Nice. The thing that blew me away the most about Robosaurus, he starred in his own made-for-TVC, made-for-TV movie on NBC in 1992 called Steel Justice. It was oh, actually a pilot for a TV show. Somebody thought that Robosaurus should have his own TV show. Oh, my God. <laughs> I watched it on YouTube last weekend. It was amazing. It's about a cop who, with the magical ability to turn his deceased son's RoboSource toy into a real fire-breathing robot to help him fight crime. And it is amazing. I don't know why more people aren't talking about this thing. 
it's not technically a transformer, but it almost kind of, it's like, when else would we have a chance to talk about Robosaurus other than the transformer episode? So I, kind I of, don't or, know. I mean, this, this, I would have loved to be in the room to hear that pitch. Oh my God. Me too. Totally. Okay. Okay. So it's a cop and his son's dead. I had this Robosaurus tie, but the cop has magical powers. No, and I'm sorry. At that point, I am like, okay, sorry. This meeting's over. Oh my God. It's just like, like somebody must have put million or at least hundreds of thousands of dollars into this. You know what I mean? It's like, I'd say six bucks at an egg McMuffin. Oh, but it, no, it's, it's actually really good though. That's the thing. I mean, it sounds horrible and it was horrible, but it, it was really good. I don't know. I just, I, I'll be honest. I would click on it right now, but our, our new recording setup also records system sounds, which playing something on YouTube would count as a system sound. Sure, so. sure, sure. But I mean, let me try to sell you really quickly. Um, it's got, not only does it have Arlie Army, the guy from Full Metal Jacket, you know, okay. but it's got, um, it's got Al Leong who played, um, he was in Bill and Ted and he played Genghis Khan. Okay. Like, it, like it's just, you watch this thing and you're just, it, it keeps getting better and better and better. It's just amazing. Anyway. Well, I tell you what, I will put a link to it in the show notes. Oh, uh, listeners, if you wish to um, introduce your eyes to Steel Justice, man, you oh, can man. and maybe chime in on the socials and let us know what you think. So do you have any like final like memories of like, like the thing about like our show is sometimes like you have a memory of like, hey, there was that one time where you were taking a bath and Optimus Prime fell in and you know, something happened or I don't know. It's just, you know, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, I, I feel like we had a good number of transformers. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think we really have like any home movies of playing with them. No, I've, I can never, I can't find any, not only I can't find any home movies. I can't find any, um, photo albums, still photography. Yeah. That's, that's a little weird because totally weird. We definitely had them. We yeah. definitely played with them. Yep. Yep. You know, they definitely were a big part of our childhood. Yeah. And yet there's no documentary evidence of it. Yeah. It's like, I, I can, I can show you He-Man stuff, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, but it's like Transformers. It's like weird. It's like you, if without us talking about it, you'd have no evidence that we even knew what they were, I guess. You know? Yeah. It, well, and it's funny because I mean, I think about, um, I don't know about pictures, but I'm not sure that we've got any He-Man on uh, home movies. No, no, no. I don't think there's any human home movies. That would have been cool, though. It, it, it's it's kind of weird because it's like like we would only do G.I. Joe stuff or Star Wars stuff. Yeah, we definitely the home movies. And I don't know why that is. We def- I think it was I think partly it was sort of almost like we were recreating either a movie or a TV episode, you know, so it was almost like, you know, since the since it's an episode of G.I. Joe, you wouldn't see like another toy line in that that cartoon. Maybe we were. Well, and I, I mean, I know G.I. Joe, I, we 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 would be playing with kids from the neighborhood yeah. for that, for star Wars. I mean, what I remember is, is trying to do like stop motion animation. Yeah. You know, or the whole speeder bike mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, thing. Um, so why, why we weren't maybe transformers or he man was just us thing and the neighbor kids weren't into it. So it's we possible. wouldn't, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't know the exact reason. No, I mean, maybe in mom and dad remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you this though. You you were talking about um, Soundwave's little audio cassette guys. Yes, I would totally 
love to have one of those transforming audio cassettes, but have it be our logo that we have for our podcast. <laughs> that would just be like, I don't know what we would call him. Like if we would call him mixtape or rewind or like, I don't know what the name would be. Cause the, I mean, transformers always had a name like that. It always had a name like, yeah. like, you know, neutral, like stick shift or um, like, you know, uh, pedal to the metal or <laughs> I don't know. Some sort of it's like a long name, but okay. <laughs> you know, they always had that uh, goofy name, you know? Oh, no, they, they did. They had a lot of goofy names. I, I would not turn down Mixtape. I think Mixtape would be a really cool name. So I think we've agreed that that's going to be our Transformer uh, Mixtape. That's his That's his name. I like yep. it. It's pretty good. It's pretty yep. good. I like that. Um, <sighs> yeah, if you've got any sort of artistic skill and want to try and take our logo and turn it into a Transformer, I will not turn it down, and <laughs> I will sing your praises. You know, I really never got into the... You know how they made the new movies? Um, oh yeah, the Michael Bay films. Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. I never got into those, but I'll tell you two things that about those films. I I, I did see the first one. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I did too. Seven, and just hearing um, Peter Cullen's voice on the big screen, it was electrifying. It was. Yeah. There was something about that that was just magic in a bottle. And then the the Bumblebee movie. A good friend of mine at work let me borrow the DVD. You know. Oh, how is it? I've been wanting to watch it. It was really good. And the thing I liked about it so much is they tried really hard. A lot of it was filmed in Santa Cruz. Yes. And it's the movie set in 1984. So they really tried to make an effort to show Santa Cruz sort of, you know, what it looked like back then. And I almost... Hello, kept... motorcycle. Yes. Cue the motorcycle. Um, I think we actually had a motorcycle go-bot, actually. That, that you... uh, yes, we did. There was yeah. also a Beetle. There was a... Yes, there, there was, was a VW Bug. And there was a... Here's the, there was a limousine and he was like an evil guy. I didn't have him, but I've become obsessed with him as an adult. <laughs> His name is like Tux or something like that. And he's oh, like, good heavens. Which is great because when you think about it, every 80s movies that we grew up with as a kid, if someone's riding around in a limousine, they're pretty much guaranteed to be, guaranteed to be the bad guy that's just like, about, you know, buy the old neighborhood and tear stuff down. That's anyway, right. Just about. But yeah, Bumblebee, it's pretty good. I just feel like half our podcast anyway is us talking about Santa Cruz in 1984. So I almost kind of feel like like by default, I kind of have to root for that film. You know well, I mean? and it's and it's funny because at the time they were filming that movie, uh, a couple of my friends at the time mm. uh, who had old Dotsons mm-hmm. um, went down and had their vehicles as extras oh for like background scenes and stuff yeah along the wharf i gotcha i got santa cruz along the wharf so if nothing else i'm like i i really just i need to bring it up on netflix and just you know watch it just to go like oh yeah there's that dude's car yeah right right totally totally man this has been a great episode totally yeah man it just it it brings back a lot of stuff i mean it really does make me want to kind of dig around and see if i still have sideswipe somewhere if you did that, I would love to, because here's the thing. It's like, if, if there's really only two places where I can still see our childhood toys. One is at your house because you were, you kept some of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And the other is every, maybe once, every once, every six months, mom digs up a matchbox out of like the garden or something. Yeah. That, yeah, right? yeah. Um, if, yeah, if you could find that, that w- I would love to see him. That'd be yeah. Cool. I, and I, and it's funny cause I remember. Like it was one of those things where we we had played with our Transformers so much mm. that, you know, the, the joints just aren't as tight. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And everywhere. So it's like you go and you pick it up and it's like, you know, <laughs> one leg falls down. So like the wheels are suddenly hanging down on one side. And so I, I it's funny because I, I, I remember like I would pick them up and I just like squeeze it. 
a little bit just to, you know, hold everything together while it's like I picked it up. So it's not like I pick it up and I'm like, oop, an arm's flopping, you know, around. Like they use Transformers car lot, you know what I mean? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much everything with lots and lots of cover. Um, yeah, that's funny that that comes back. I'll, I'll, I'll try and do some digging. Maybe not this weekend, but, but yeah, yeah. sometime in February for sure. Totally, man. Oh, oh, this is great. Oh, man. We, we are getting into 2020 here, and March is already on the horizon, dude. What are we doing for March? Well, we are going to um, – it's going to be an interesting episode. It's going to be a tribute to one of our favorite childhood television channels, Nickelodeon. Yeah. Um, which just looking online, I mean, it's it's show after show after show. And I'll be honest, maybe this could even possibly be maybe a two-parter. I'm not I, There was so much that we watched on Nickelodeon. I think this could easily possibly yeah. turn into a two-parter. It kind of depends on how our research goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember a lot totally of shows and i think there are even shows that it's like oh yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i haven't thought about that show in 30 35 years right and next thing i know it's march and april's episode so <laughs> it's going to at least be march we will see how it goes it may also turn into april's show yeah. a a double maybe we can call it a double nickel episode <laughs> right yes the dime that the there you go <laughs> wow oh man uh good times yeah good times well i tell you what folks you can like us on facebook you can follow us on twitter just look for at memory serves pod uh you can follow me on twitter blue box ufo and you can follow seb at clan mcmuffin indeed man that makes me want a hash brown um subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher heck wherever you consume podcasts just look for if memory serves and we are most definitely like we talked about at the beginning of the show on spotify please 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 rate and review us as well we would greatly appreciate that. I'm not going to sit here and beg for your five-star rating. Um, if you think we deserve one, awesome. If you don't, that's okay. Um, do what is fair. And more importantly, share us with your friends by word of mouth or steal their phone and subscribe to our podcast without telling them. It'll be a surprise. Um, you can also check us out on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash V-N-O-T-L-G. And there you will find all the shows on the network. Uh, go on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and get yourself one of our sweet If Memory Serves shirts. It's got a cassette on it. It doesn't transform. It might someday. It doesn't right now. <laughs> um, and if you are in a position to, please help us out at patreon.com slash notlg. Anything you can give to help the network go and keep going is always appreciated. So that does it for February. We are about to transform and roll out into March, and we will talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. And it was like, oh my god, they've got one that's a bug. I gotta have it. That's my favorite. It's the coolest.